1999 The Podcast is a production of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts on movies, comics, and all things pop culture, head to cageclub.me. To contact us with questions, comments, or just to say hi, send us an email at 1999 at cageclub.me. You can find me on Twitter at ProbablyRealJB and Joey at SoulPopped. And you can follow the show on Twitter at 1999thepodcast. To support the show, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. The show is written, produced, and edited by us. Welcome. Hold on. Well, can I? Okay. Okay. There you go. I just don't want to have the, the, we, the clap. We, that I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm, good. I'm, I'm gonna leave all this in. No, you're not. Welcome to. <laughs> Welcome to 1999 the podcast. I am John Brooks and I'm Joey Lewandowski. Joey, how are you? Today? I am good. I hope these were the first words people heard in this episode. Otherwise, I'm gonna look like a real fool. <laughs> I did like on the last episode that you left in us asking Jacob how to pronounce his last name. It, <laughs> it came back. There was a callback later. So it, you needed to keep it in there. So nice I did. Fun. Yeah. I edited a bunch of the other stuff because that conversation went on a lot longer than what was in the episode. But yeah. Um, Yet I you robbed our listeners of the Chris Cluey soccer talk. <laughs> Again, Patreon bonus. I still have it. So uh, Patreon bonus at some point in the future. No, no one's going to pay for that. Nope. Uh, well, we are nearing the end of round two, and as you alluded to earlier, our final two films in round two are both animated. In fact, these are the first two animated films that we've covered um, in a year that had some pretty great animated films, and we'll get around to those two eventually. Although it did occur to me that Run Little Run has animation in it, so yeah. it's a nice little trans transition from um, live action to animated yeah it's uh, two episodes movie. in a row because last episode we did our first foreign language and our first not 1999 technically and now we're first animated <laughs> right so <laughs> yeah um today's movie was released on june the 30th 1999 it stars trey parker matt stone isaac hayes george clooney mary Kay bergman Brent Spiner, Mini Driver, Dave Foley, Nick Rhodes from Duran Duran, Stuart Copeland from The Police, Eric Idle, and Mike Judge. Directed by Parker, written by Parker Stone and Pam Brady, with a score by film and Broadway composer Mark Shaman, and songs by Shaman and Parker. Today, we are talking about South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Joey, what is the plot of South Park, the movie, which I'm going to call it from now on. I thought about this while I was watching it, and I think it depends on how deeply you want to go, but there is a new movie from Canada playing in South Park called Asses of Fire. Is that correct? Yep. And the kids all go to see it, and they all become corrupted. And so then Kyle's mom leads a charge against the movie and Canada and a whole bunch of different things to start a war against Canada to retain purity, make sure that these kids don't say any bad words. Eventually Satan and Saddam Hussein, who are in a sexual relationship down in hell, come back to start a war on earth or, you know, to continue the war on earth. If none of that makes sense, that's also fine. Um, it's just uh, it's a South Park musical. Terrence and Phillips, new movie, Asses of Fire. Yeah, and the kids start a resistance movement to maintain, because uh, Terrence and Philip are going to be executed for for crimes against humanity or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's all pretty crazy. 
If you don't know the premise of South Park, it involves four eight-year-olds, I think, uh, named Kyle, Stan, Cartman, and Kenny. And that's about all you need to know. South Park premiered on Comedy Central in August of 1997, just three months before the other classic of edgy animated satire Beavis and Butthead came to an end. Comedy Central had struggled to find relevance for years. It had modest success with Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher before that show moved to network TV. Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, the early version of The Daily Show with Craig Kilborn, which was basically just an extended nightly version of Weekend Update from Saturday Night Live. Reruns of Kids in the Hall and Whose Line Is It Anyway? And original series like Dr. Katz, Professional Therapist. Did you ever get into Dr. Katz? No, that's one that like a lot of people whose opinions and tastes I respect a lot have said yeah. that I would probably like it. Just one that <laughs> it's there's so much stuff now, especially and, like no one's talking about Dr. Katz. And I feel like yeah. if I was like, hey, I'll not talk about Dr. Like if it's a Jim Gaffigan joke, like, hey, I just saw Heat. It's like I saw Heat six years ago. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I want to see it. Maybe I'll see it one day. But like I'd rather see Andor that people are actually talking about, you know? Yeah, a lot of, I mean, Dr. Katz was great, but a lot of it was definitely the kind of zeitgeisty thing where like you had to talk about it with people because it, it was that sort of, that sort of humor. So I'm not you. sure how it would, how it would play today, um, but it's pretty funny. Well, like as I catch up on like classic comedies, my next one that I want to catch up on is probably Larry Sanders show, which I feel like is probably going to still hold up, which I've not seen. But... That definitely will hold yeah. up. Yeah, that does not need to, uh, it's, it's not, it's certainly of its time and place, but um, it's still very, very funny. Uh, anyway, South Park ushered in a new era that saw the network explode in popularity in the late 1990s. 1997 also saw the debut of Win Ben Stein's Money, which launched the career of host Jimmy Kimmel. And in 1999, Jon Stewart took over The Daily Show, reinvented its entire focus, and became one of the most important voices of the culture in the early 2000s. South Park began as a short animated film developed by Parker and Stone, who met in college in 1992, titled The Spirit of Christmas. The film was made as a stop-motion animation using construction paper cutouts, and while South Park is no longer created in the same method, the visual aesthetic remains the same. The short somehow wound up in front of the eyes of one George Clooney, the guy from ER, who emailed it to a bunch of his friends, which generated interest in turning the show into an animated series. I think one of them was the president of Viacom, and he was like, let's, let's make a TV show out of this. Um, so yeah, Clooney has been a guest in a bunch of South Park stuff, including in this movie, um, for that reason. He's, he's one of the reasons why it exists, ultimately. Uh, by 1999, South Park was a cultural phenomenon. College students were replacing the You've Got Mail alert on their AOL inboxes with Oh My God, They Killed Kenny. Everybody had their own Cartman impression. People saw Basketball just because the South Park guys were in it. And at the time the movie came out, there was already a South Park album, Chef Aid, featuring Primus, who wrote the show's theme song, Ozzy Osbourne, DMX, Old Dirty Bastard, The Crystal Method, Rancid, Masterpiece, System of a Down, Wyclef, Elton John, Ween, freaking Joe Strummer, and honestly, more notable names, but I'm exhausted. Uh, you ever heard Chef Aid, Joey? No. So I, I I will save my South Park history and whatever till the episode. I'm very light on South Park lore and history. I'm stunned that in this intro, I did not know that this was like after season two or like in season three. Like this feels so yeah. early for something that is like has stood the test of time. 
Yeah, uh, it was very early and it was in the midst of like a, a crazy onslaught of South Park, um, including the first South Park video game, which was released in 1998 for Nintendo 64. Uh, a parody of GoldenEye, the game included a lot of the show's humor and aesthetic, but it just actually wasn't very good. Although South Park games got a lot better as time went on, including the recent role-playing games, which are brilliant. Uh, so when the South Park movie came out, it could not have been more culturally relevant, but even so, given the crowded field of commercially oriented movies into which it was released, it was only a mild box office success. It opened at number four for the July 4th weekend behind two other comedies, Wild Wild West, which of course starred the then king of July 4th weekend, Will Smith, and another animated feature, Tarzan, moving to eighth its second weekend when American Pie took the top spot. So it went from fourth to eighth and then sort of made a little bit of money for the rest of its rest of its run it ended up as the 47th highest grossing movie of the year earning a respectable 52 million dollars domestically and 83 million internationally on a on a 21 million dollar budget but despite the wild popularity of south park we need to address a couple of caveats one the show's fandom was rabid and for a show still on a fledgling cable network pretty narrow and specific. Until the movie, South Park was a show that boys aged 15 to 22 loved, and that was about it. Obviously, that's a commercially viable demographic, especially for t-shirts, but it doesn't necessarily translate to a wider audience. Two, Disney still had a stranglehold on the animated film world, and again, this movie was competing directly with the Disney juggernaut in the form of Tarzan, to which it would lose the Oscar for Best Original Song, by the way. And three, this was an R-rated animated film, which in terms of wide releases was basically unheard of at the time. Even 1996's Beavis and Butthead Do America got a PG-13 rating. In fact, there still remain few and far between, with only 2016's Sausage Party and 2020's Demon Slayer the Movie, which I've never heard of. Me neither. Earning more than South Park at the box office among R-rated animated films ever. This movie, Demon Slayer, is the highest grossing R-rated animated movie of all time. But is it good? Wait, wait, hold on. It's a 2020 yep. movie that was the highest grossing theatrical release. Who saw movies in 2020? Slayer. It's an anime. It probably has a big fan base we don't know about because we're not anime people. And uh... Oh, 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 it's part of a series. Yeah. Okay, yeah, all those things where it's like, I went to my theater and there's like this, like something, something red, and I'm just like, I don't know what this <laughs> is, but like it's a part of a thing that like... I'm sure I would appreciate anime. It's just, it's a rabbit hole I do not have the time for yeah. or the interest in and... Godspeed. I, I'm sure I would love it. It seems great. Uh, I just don't have the... I don't either. And I, it's one of those things where like everybody's like, you will love this anime. And I'm like, I'm sure I would. But my my nerd card is like all full with other genre things. Uh -huh. um, so I'm sure Cowboy Bebop is amazing. I will never see it. Uh, in fact, Parker and Stone had to fight for the R rating. According to them, the MCAA would review a cut and give it an NC-17 rating with notes about what they had to cut so the film might earn an R. So each time they would then create an even more vulgar cut, submit it, then get the NC-17 again and do this a few more times until finally submitting the original cut that had been given the NC-17 rating, but with all of the new worst stuff cut out and they finally earned the R. They talked about this in interviews a couple times, <laughs> but this was their strategy for getting an R rating. Cool. Which is funny because a lot of the movie is about that very thing. So, um, you know, art imitates life or something. Anyway, the big plot twist to the South Park movie is that it was, for many people, their introduction to South Park, and they were met with an over-the-top vulgar profanity fest, yes, but also happened to be one of the most inspired, ambitious movie musicals in years. 
sending up while paying tribute to the Disney Renaissance and Broadway staples like Les Miserables, as well as the anarchic humor of Monty Python, to which Parker and Stone are so indebted, all built around South Park's trademark social commentary, this time focusing on moral panics, xenophobia, and appropriately, censorship. With an 80% Rotten Tomatoes critics score and an 88% audience score, alongside a 73 Metacritic score and an 8.6 user score, South Park was a pretty huge critical success. But most surprisingly, there are really no pans of this movie. The worst review on Metacritic is rated a 50, and it comes from the Austin Chronicle's Sarah Hippola. You lived in Austin. Do you know her? No. Okay, well. Maybe didn't there are Austin. more than eight people in Austin, and this is also she might be dead. Who knows? This is from Ooh, yeah, this is twenty three years ago. Saucy. I mean, maybe she was ninety when she wrote this. I don't know. Anyway, just thought I'd ask. Who called well, South Park gross out, funny, over the top, offensive, and just as amusing or idiotic as as you find that Comedy Central sitcom? So that's the worst thing that's said about the movie, and it's not exactly damning. Um, but Joey, you know who loved this movie? Uh, TNT Rough Stuff? TNT Rough Cut! Christopher Brandon, uh, yeah. who said, quote, it's super, which I think is a big gay Al reference, which is not surprising, and I think we'll come back to that character later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't age super well. Uh, I don't, have we heard, is Christopher Brandon one of the names that we've, I just feel like it's like white guy, white guy is the name of all the TNT Rough Cut people, but. Um, I honestly can't keep all these straight yeah uh, because i don't see them in writing i just hear you say them and so i'm like that's that's literally the only outlet that i know and i don't even get the name right (laughs) i think it's three different dudes and i think they're all just you know white guy white guy tnt rough cut um david undelstein our old friend of slate loved this movie as well and in a review both of south park and american pie called get this triumph of the swill get it Sure, yeah. Because the Nazi movie? Oh, right. Right. It's a weird choice. Anyway, he praises South Park and sort of pans American Pie, but he writes, quote, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut is my The Phantom Menace, the film that returns me to a righteous, in this case, righteously filthy, adolescence. I've seen it twice. The second time was even better and plan on another visit. I won't bring my daughter, though. It's important that she sneak in on her own. God bless you, David Olstein. Yeah. Perhaps the most encapsulating and enthusiastic review, though, comes from Entertainment Weekly's Lisa Schwartzbaum. Giving the film an A-, she writes, quote, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut turns out to be the funniest, most risk-taking, most incisive movie of the summer. Never mind that the summer is young. And the promulgators of fancier culture may take a few lessons and courage from South Park creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Bigger, longer, and uncut dive bombs such up-to-the-minute targets as Bill Gates, Jar Jar Banks, and parental responsibilities in a post-Littleton, that is another way of saying Columbine, society. Mm-hmm. The plot rollicks ahead with few dead spots, and the inspired musical number by Parker and Mark, Mark Shaman brilliantly parody slash honor the conventions of Broadway show tunes and especially the Disney formula ditties of Alan Menken. If I dock the movie half a grade, it's only because in spite of everything, I still believe in the possibility of other liberating, less poo-poo driven comedies that don't star characters made of construction paper. It's a great review. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a nice thing to say. It's sort of just like, look, other movies could do this 
as well. And, it, you know, like, why are, why? I get it. I get what she's saying. Um, mm. I mean, it's, it's silly, but it's a, it's a, it's a fun way of justifying her minus. And I think it's a little bit tongue in cheek as well. So uh, the film would go on to be nominated for and win a number of awards, primarily for its music, but also winning the New York film critics circle award for best animated feature. It was also nominated for an Oscar for Blame Canada, which was probably the least good song from the film. The best is obviously La Resistance, but also, aside from maybe Mountain Town, probably the least profane, which meant that Robin Williams could perform it at the Oscar ceremony as it went on to lose to Phil Collins' You'll Be In My Heart from Tarzan, which of course became the basis of the plot of an episode of South Park a few months later. We should also take a moment to point to the one tragic story associated with the movie. In November of 1999, Mary Kay Bergman, who had voiced basically every female character on the show, took her own life after a long struggle with mental health issues. Her final two episodes of South Park, both airing at the end of the year, were dedicated to her memory. The same month as her death, she also appeared on yet another South Park album, another collaboration with Shaman, the, the, the Christmas album, Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classics, released on November 23rd of 19. 99. So yeah, 99 was a real big year for South Park um, in all kinds of different ways. But uh, it really was 97 to 99 that was like the seasons one through 10 of The Simpsons um, for this show. It is kind of, well, I think we'll talk about this with George a little bit because George also um, hasn't watched it in a while and neither have I. And I have reasons why. And I don't really know what you're relationship with it is so um we'll 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 get to that but yeah uh i'm, 20... try, I'm trying to like save my cards like i don't have like, <laughs> you know, i don't have a lot of cards to talk about with with south park but i'm trying to save them for the actual episode oh and you can also just say that like when i get to who's the guest you can just say your friend george um anyways serious, george yeah so big year for south park um South Park was was all the rage for a couple of years here, and it's 23 years after the movie and 25 years since its launch. And like The Simpsons, it just does not go away. South Park is still on the air, still producing new episodes with plenty of highs and lows. But many would argue that the movie is the embodiment of both everything South Park would continue to do best, as well as an omen of all its worst instincts. We'll get to all of that. Um, but we have plenty to talk about today. So, Joey, who is our guest today? Our guest is your friend, George, who will soon, hopefully, if all things go well, my friend, George, too. Oh, my friend, George. He's great. I know him. Uh, we'll be right back with my friend, George, from Seattle. How are you, George? I'm doing great. Good. Joey, ni- nice meeting you. Nice meeting you, too. I said in the intro, again, this is intro talk. I think, okay. John, our new thing is to bring up the intro as many times as possible, mm-hmm. make all the guests feel really uncomfortable that they mm-hmm. were not here for the intro. Yep. I said, our guest today is your friend, George, who hopefully, if all things go well, will become my friend, George. And I think we're off to a rock and start. I think so, too. You're doing really well. Thanks. Um... <laughs> George. You are not, you're not a writer or a podcaster or any of these things. You're not here to sell us anything. Why are you here? No, I saw a bunch of these movies with George. So I, I, I thought it'd be fun to, um, to invite him. And 
I didn't see this with you, but I do remember when you saw it and I'd seen it like a day before that. And you came into Denny's and you could not stop talking about how great this movie was. And, uh, that sounds about right. Um, I was going to ask you if this was a movie that we saw together because I, I didn't think it was. But yeah. also, I re remember so little from, you know, more than an, a couple days ago, let alone mm -hmm. 20 years ago. So, um, but yeah, I, I did like it a lot at the time. <laughs> uh let's see if you still like it now we'll, we'll we'll talk about that but yeah i uh i saw it with mike wen and my friend gordon from college who was visiting okay. and uh you saw it i don't know probably the next day but yeah you were you were like beside yourself with how good it was as was i i i i, I was like this was not what i expected at all and had no idea that it was a musical and a sophisticated musical and a genius musical and um yeah it's a good time the surprise of the summer shall we say Yes. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about our history with South Park. I was an early adopter. I watched the premiere on Comedy Central and like videotaped it and watched it over and over and over again a million times and showed it all my friends and all that good stuff and uh, had the Nintendo 64 game and had the Chef Aid soundtrack and a You Killed Kenny t-shirt and stuffed Cartman and all of that stuff before I went to go see this movie. So I was already uh, a fan going in and primed to love it. Um, but I do remember missing half the movie the first time because I was laughing so damn hard that I couldn't hear half the jokes and had to go see it a second time um, for, for that reason. So uh, my more recent life with South Park is a little bit different. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But uh george were you were you were, were you on the same page as me we were this we're, we're like the same age so I, yeah i think we're what, a week apart correct yep i man look at this memory this is amazing yeah <laughs> yes i'm I, I i i guess i could say i was an early adopter so by the premiere do you mean because there was the show but then there's also like i don't know if it was distributed through the early internet at the time but the like the mm, little short mm -hmm. about brian boitano like uh i think that was the very first thing that was they they literally actually did make it by hand and i remember watching that i think that was before the premiere but yeah so that it, was so, no first. no you're, you're right i so like the the, the spirit of christmas and the brian boitano thing um okay. was was before it was the first thing they did i knew about it i knew about that leading into the show like because i knew that that was i hadn't seen it until like a year or so later but eventually it made its 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 rounds as like a downloadable you know quick time movie that you could get from your friends um but yeah i didn't see that first so i my, my first experience was with the uh cartman gets an anal probe or whatever the first one was i think that oh was yeah the first okay one. yeah yeah i mean i i liked it just just fine um yeah i don't really remember much of that happened after this movie so i think that right. um <laughs> i think it got the it sort of ended there um but yeah that was my my experience going in was you know fan is is edgy i guess at the time edgy, and, and yeah. i liked that sort of stuff yeah um yeah i i will say so going into this i i was pretty nervous to watch mm -hmm. this movie again mm -hmm. <laughs> I was pretty scared that um, it felt much like uh, finding an old scrapbook from nineteen oh, yeah. pictures. Yeah. Like or a this journal. is like, a, yeah, like a, like my uh, like pictures of me in nineteen ninety nine and like an old cherry pop and daddy's ticket stuff or something, <laughs> you know. And how like, long ago had it been since you had seen it last? Not much 
longer after it came out. I've probably only wow. seen it a few times. Okay. I I think uh, I loved it when I saw it, but like, so you couldn't rewatch the movies over and over again because like streaming and 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 stuff. So you had to wait six months before that movie came out. Um, I did buy the soundtrack right away. Like mm-hmm. I remember, I I left the theater and I they probably stopped on the way home to get the CD <laughs> and it lived in my car and uh, um. And I played like it was played at parties. I mean, it was a, it was a, like I don't think it's overstating that it was a pretty big phenomenon it was. at the time. It was. Um, we so all that's why I was nervous about it. Yeah. <laughs> like I've, I liked it a lot, and I remember talking about it. I remember quoting it, and my concern was that it was just going to be nonstop two thousand era edgelord type humor, just not just nothing but that, nothing but like let's see how many dirty jokes we can and you know, we, we can get in that later. I mean, I think mostly no, but still, yes. But I, I was scared. So, yeah. Yeah, well, there's some stuff that doesn't age well, but we'll talk about that yeah. Um, yeah. In, in a moment. Uh, Joey, what's your what's your relationship with South Park? Well, it should come as no surprise, anybody who has been a longtime listener of this podcast, that I grew up not being allowed to watch basically anything. So I saw, I think, even still to this day, I've seen like one season of South Park, mm-hmm. and that was in high school. So that was probably 2004, 2005, okay. because the friends that I ate lunch with would not stop talking about South Park the day after the episode aired. So I was like, unless I want to sit there awkwardly silent for a full lunch period or two, if they continue the conversation the next day, I have to watch the show. And I watched it and I was just like, I like butters. And that's about as far as I went. <laughs> um <laughs> I didn't see this movie, so they're like, you know, I think I might have mentioned on here before that most of the movies, and I know for sure that like my story every time is that I saw all the movies for the first time in college. Yeah. This I saw for the first time four years ago or five years ago um, when my fantasy baseball league, who was like the group of guys that I talked to the most, got my, my, lack of having seen all of the movies they consider the funniest movies of all time it crossed the line where they're like you need to watch these movies mm-hmm. and so they gave me about 15 or 20 movies that i watched leading up to our fantasy baseball draft in addition to actually doing research i also did this thing and i watched this movie and i was so disappointed that no one told me this was a musical because like i've yeah. always loved and respected and admired the talent and the effort of matt and trey yeah. but i never really felt like south park was for me i never really gave it a fair shake but it always felt like this isn't my kind of humor and i loved this movie and i was like how did no one ever tell me that it was a musical that it was funny that it felt like different from the show or at least my history with the show um but I would say, like, I've seen this movie now twice, and I've seen maybe in my life 15 or 20 episodes of South Park. So, like, I don't know which one's Stan and which one's Kyle. Like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, and I just watched this movie today. Like, I have that little history with the show. Like, I know Cartman. I know Kenny because they're the most distinct or whatever, I guess. But my, I, I really don't know a lot about South Park. But I know that I love this movie. And sort of, like, against all odds, I love this movie. So... There's an episode where they join a cult. I think it's David Blaine's cult, and uh, and uh, they shave their heads, and they they forget which ones which too. So they get themselves confused. I will say that like I had a teacher in college. So this is way after the way after I watched the one season that I watched, but he loved it. He was probably like 35 or 40, yeah. um, so like older than college kids, but not like old by any stretch of the imagination. And he talked about how like he was always like lukewarm on the show and then like something happened on a sunday or a monday night and like it was in the episode on wednesday and like just the way that they're able to adapt things and create a thing in basically real time even if it's not like your kind of humor i think is 
no one else is doing that. No one else is even trying to do that. Yeah. I don't even know that anybody else can do that. Um, but the fact that they're able to construct an entire like 22 minute episode about a thing that happened two days earlier is remarkable. And like, I haven't seen their actual musicals. Like I haven't seen Book of Mormon. I haven't seen whatever else. Like I want to, yeah. but I, I, this movie just works for me in a way that I did not expect it to before I saw it for the first time. I, I want to come back to what you just said about their turnaround and what I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll explain why uh, later, but I think that's been one of the things that really has made them uh, and the show kind of, I think, fall off the cliff a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either of you still watch it at all or no? I don't, I don't watch it anymore. I, I'm when sure I'd still time, think it was funny, but. When but was the last time either of you like watched it? Like at, with any kind of regularity? Well, with any regularity, regularity, uh, I probably right around this movie came out. That was probably the, I probably caught a couple episodes. Like I remember, I watched the the Kanye episode, which you know, topical. Um, well, that was like 2010. Yeah, so that was late. Yeah. So there's like I caught a couple here and there. Yeah, I remember watching something about their turnaround time. So like it was in the, right, the, the mindset the and documentary. Then, yeah. Yeah. And then an autoplayed after I watched this movie, Paramount Plus autoplayed the, <laughs> the the COVID, and the premise was very funny. So I might yeah. go back and watch this COVID uh, 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 movie that they put together because that yeah. seems yeah it might be funny. It's a couple of COVID movies. There's like post COVID yeah. and post COVID return yeah. to COVID or COVID yeah. returns. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I yes. So uh, I I guess I was the most avid of of all of us. I I I had like bit torrented every season through like the first probably fifteen seasons uh, at one point. Um, and had them on my hard drive. Um, I, I'd seen. I mean, I was I loved the show, and I started divorcing myself from it as they started doubling down on commentary on things that were happening immediately. So here's the thing, and I, here's the thing why I think that, that the movie encapsulates everything they do so well, which is, and, and also why there's hints, I think, in the movie of, of their, their worst instincts. Uh, I think Trey Parker has shown himself over the years, shown himself to be a very, um, not just creative, but, but thoughtful person and, and, and like self-reflective as well. I, th I think he um, knows sort of where he has made mistakes or, or 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 done things that he wishes he'd done differently and i i've 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 kind of fallen in and out of love out of love with him over the years uh at various times but he's always been someone who i think is really interestingly self-critical um and really deliberate about what he does so like i know you haven't seen the book of mormon so as someone with a religious studies degree <laughs> who's 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 a little obsessed with mormonism sometimes it's really really good it's it's clever in a way that is you know cutting and ruthless and um you know like deeply satirical of of mormonism but a lot of mormons like love the show because it's also like reverential. And, and I think he's very, very good at that. And I think what makes, what made this movie a surprise and what made it work was that everything that it is sending up, it loves, right? So when you look at like Satan's song, that's just a direct sort of parody of um, the uh, part of your world from, from Little Mermaid, right? Like the reason that it works is that it's not just like shit posting. It is, it is, a you know like it's someone who just loves this stuff 
and is really good at understanding why it's great and and also then really good at making fun of it um and just about like again george as as you mentioned there's like things about this that i don't think necessarily stand the test of time but there's a core and a heart to it and a genius to it that that very much like monty python who who um you know train 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 and matt both uh you know grew up on there's a sort of like sophisticated comedy to it that that i think probably does endure um so in general george like you know i know you were nervous about it our, our last guest last week was like i'd, I'd be nervous about watching it again right <laughs> yeah he loved it when he was 12 or whatever but he's like i'm not sure it would still stand up but it but i, I think it does um how, how did that nervousness play out when when you revisited this movie um pretty quickly uh yeah <laughs> i was totally happy again yeah I, I so i remember it was a musical but also just like watching it just like open up so earnestly and so sincerely with the with the musical um like i i don't i didn't remember many of the songs i remembered the the one that everyone remembers of course but um yeah, like uh, which, I, which one's that, George? Uncle Fucker? Is that what we're talking about? Yes. <laughs> okay. Are we, allowed to, are we allowed to say that? I hope so. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're covering South Park. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but yeah. It's, it's just started so <laughs> sincerely, and like, uh, and so I was, and so I really got into it. I'm like, oh, this is fun and sweet. And then, um, like, I do have so uh, among my notes, I've got list of uh list of lol moments actual you know lol moments um and boy like the first fart <laughs> when they went and see the terrence Phillips movie the first time there's a fart i <laughs> cracked up and i was from that moment on like okay i'm like into this and like every single that whole sequence like afterwards when like they're doing the <laughs> fart song i'm like this is because farts aren't they're never not funny like you know like uh, John, you've got kids too. Like I do. One they in, like to fart. Yeah. Yeah. One they of the funniest it. things about babies and kids is that they fart all the time. They fart yeah. deep, you know, yeah. tonal, yeah. loud farts, yep. just like a grown man. Um, yep. And it's always funny. And so that the song just worked on both le- on the on the meta <laughs> level of like the the audience walking out, being like, "Why? <laughs> What's going on?" And like the kids getting into it. Just the the swearing like the extreme extreme language just out of the blue like that whole sequence and like okay i i I remember and this is all great and that's pretty much um that's pretty much the level i was at for the rest of the movie i'm like okay this is i i I remember and i get it and i don't remember a lot of the details but for the most part i was on board for the rest of the trade (laughs) (laughs) um joey uh, again, this is sort of like a newish movie to you anyway. Um, so I imagine that not so much has changed in the last four or five years that has made you think that, oh, this is not okay anymore. But um, what was your what was your reaction on rewatch? Well, I think it's funny that, you know, last episode when we had Jacob on for Run, Lola, Run, we were asking George, spoiler alert for the end of the episode, we're going to ask you what your favorite movie from 1999 is. And he was like, he said some things. He's like, I also like South Park, but I don't know if I'm like allowed to say, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen in a while. Like, I don't remember. He's, he's also like 20. Like, he's a baby. Like, he, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. he's seen every movie in the last like three years. He knows, true, but like, true. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he's like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I'm like, no, like, I saw it for the first time four years ago and like, yeah, there's some stuff, but like, for what it could be, like a movie that like we should marry and like never talk about, like, it's, I think it's fine. Like, I think there's some stuff in here, of course, but like also 
for the amount of swings they take and the things they make fun of, like it's good. Like it's 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 yeah. it's it's remarkably uncancelable, I think, which is yeah. sort of yeah. surprising. And like I don't know if they tried to because I'm sure that, that you know, like I don't know if the South Park's ever going away. I think it's like the only thing that like makes Comedy Central any money now, right? But like I I would be surprised if there weren't a half dozen or a dozen things like each season that like gets the show in some kind of like hot water. And here, maybe the gay character, maybe like that's, but like even mm. that is kind of like it's, it knows it's, you know, like it's, it's, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, you know, I know like we've watched other movies um, that are trying to espouse a good message. Like, uh, for instance, I don't know, just say like a boys don't cry. We're just like, Oh no, we, we can't like this gets everything wrong. Yeah. And here they're not like trying to do a thing. And it just, it's just funny. And like, I, yeah. I also say this as like a straight cis white man who like has never faced any kind of like any at all hardships in any form of my life. But I don't think that there's anything here that like would in the year 2022, make people like want to never watch this movie again i mean probably someone somewhere but like i think it's it holds up well i i, I agree i've got a list I, so i've got two lists in my notes one of those lols <laughs> and then also i wrote a column for cringe moments um because yeah. I, I was expecting to have some and um like ultimately i, I didn't i like i think literally there are three words that I did that I don't think they needed. Like I think those are kind of the the the, the low points, and um, you know, and, and we can get. I'm not. Those are the ones I actually won't you know repeat like because sure they're slurs. They're just plain old yeah. slurs yeah. that are very yeah. you know unfashionable uh, for lots of reasons, legitimate reasons now. Um, yeah, and but as a thematically, I think it uh, it very much holds up. And um, like another note I have, and sorry for keep on referring to my notes, I have like the big old. In sarcastic uh, alternate capitalization font, I've got written, "You couldn't make this movie today," because <laughs> I, I feel you know that's what people my age would say. And uh, I want that, that was one of the questions I had going in. And like, you can I I don't even think it was it was that crass or edgy compared to like stuff going on. You know, there's episodes of lots of shows. Like I think of you know Harley Quinn or. Or, or Archer um, are a couple of the, the, of the things I've seen, the cartoons I've seen lately, and that are just way more crass. Um, I think there's a couple, you know, references that are a little dated, but for the most part, um, for the most part, it's, 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 it's solid from that perspective. Yeah, I, I think that, again, when they're at their best, they try to make timeless comedy, which is a really hard thing to do, because I don't think there's such a thing as timeless comedy, right? But, but when you, when you approach comedy, with thought and care and you understand where the jokes are targeted i think that they do stand the test of time so i i think the sort of big kind of litmus test here is big gay al right um like how do you guys i have my own thoughts but how do you guys think that that character uh holds up well i have a note one of my notes is capital letters um i hate big gay al <laughs> is one of my thoughts um I used to like him, I guess. I think, yeah, um, but yeah. boy, I don't. I, I don't even know if I can articulate what what the feeling is and and why I, I don't like it. But um, yeah. yeah, I that was uh, that's one of my big notes. Joey, what do you think? Um, 
I mean, it'd probably be better if he wasn't in it. But I think <laughs> in terms of what, in terms of how 1999 movies portrayed gay people, yeah, um, probably still better than average in a yeah. way, right? Yeah. Like he's not yeah. like he's a joke, but the joke is not making fun of gay. I mean, it is, but it's not like I don't. It's hard. This is like it's a weird hat you need to put on that like 23 years later so much has changed especially in terms of like queer identity and queer like the way that we i mean we've also gone backwards whatever but uh, not whatever but you know True. things are not as good as they could be or should be I'm not trying to be dismissive of oh boy uh edit this everything's, fine. Want, everything's <laughs> fine now we're good yeah now that we've solved all the problems um yeah i think if trump comes back he's gonna have four more four or eight more years of really good ideas right so we're gonna have you know things are gonna be great uh, i yeah. think no but i think like i think we've seen worse representation and other things and it's just kind of stereotypical. Like it's not like mean, it's just silly Mm -hmm. and it's, it would be better if he wasn't in there, but also again, like to sound like a broken record, there have been worse and I'm sure we will see many worse, far worse things, uh, portrayals in coming movies for us. Well, I can say what I think they were, my interpretation of what they were trying to go for with him based on memories of you know what what I was thinking at the time, but like I feel, like in the '90s, you always had the, the 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 gay best friend character that showed up like you know like in every rom com like they would go to like their hairdresser that was their always their their job you know and he would come up and say sassy comments and just be outrageous um, and uh, and I, I I feel like he was just a, a commentary on that so he was just like. A commentary on the existing representation of gay people in the 90s and so they made him totally ridiculous because he's uh, caricaturizing that archetype already so whether or not that works you know and i i don't think i don't think it works obviously like you know in in a today uh uh uh, perspective but you know at the time like i think that was is probably good at the time but yeah I think that's a really good assessment. So, so I, I th- that's sort of where I land too. Is that, and again, I think this is an uh, an indication of where Stone and Parker are at their best. I think that joke. I think the whole big gay Al caricature does exactly what it needs to do at the time, and it it wouldn't work today for all the right reasons. Like for 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 really good reasons, it wouldn't work today, um, and they wouldn't try it today either. But there was something about that character that had a lot of, like, if you if you if you see the episodes where that character emerged from before he was in the movie, right? There is this sense of first of all, there's a lot of John Waters uh, reference in that, right? Um, and 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 that's that's very clear. But there's a there's a fuck you energy to Big Gay Al that that is like unheard of at the time where. Big Gay Al was very, like, cool with who he was and happy with who he was and, like, everybody else can go fuck off. And, and like, you know, sort of, like, trollingly happy about telling everyone to fuck off. And, like, that was very... It was, it was in a lot of ways, poking at homophobia um, and telling homophobes, like, anybody can be whoever the fuck they want to be and being a good person is what matters. And it was embracing and using this sort of hollywood gay stereotype sure but again in a way that i think that the two of them are very sophisticated when they're at their best they thought it through 
they knew who the joke was targeted at. It wasn't targeted at the gay community. It was targeted at homophobes, right? It was trying to piss homophobes off. And would you do the same approach today? No, you wouldn't. But but at the time, I think it was exactly the right thing to do, right? Um, again, and like neither, they're both, you know, cis hetero men, for sure. Like the three of us. Right. I just want to be on the record saying that we're, we're the wrong three people to make this judgment. But having said that, then you can now you can move. Yeah, forward. and I, and again, I'm not making a judgment about like how other people should feel about it. I'm telling, I'm making the judgment based on like is the like what is the intent of the humor, right? And like and and it's again, it's sort of like with all of the all of the the the, the send ups of Disney. There is a you can you know whose side they're on, right? You know that they are not doing this character to make fun of the LGBTQ community. They're doing it to make fun of homophobes. Yeah. And, and I think that's really important. And I don't think it works today, but, but I do think at the time, like you absolutely see what their intent was and what they were going for. And there was something very sort of like, fuck you about it, which I think is really, really important to, 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 to be fuck you about, um, so, you know, social justice issues. So I think that's a big part of that, uh, that, that structure. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the things that I think I, I really admire about them. I also think that a, a little of the con a little bit of it's lost in the context of like, yes. I think the, the show introduced him more as like a clear commentary on what they were trying to say at the time. And then he, as a cameo, he was in the movie. So when you're just in a right. cameo, but you don't have the context of what happened in the show to, as the character introduction, then all you got is, is, is what's on, what's in front of you. The, um, which, you know, right. Is probably alone, I guess is how I would, is maybe after talking this through alone by itself, that character in this movie <laughs> without any of the show to introduce, introduce him. I don't. I don't like it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I. And I think. I think that the assumption for them was that nobody who doesn't love the show isn't going to see the movie, and they were wrong about that. But. But I think that that's sort of what they were going for is that they were also sort of playing to their own. Um. To their own choir. Uh. Yeah. It, purely within the scope of the movie, I think you're right. I do want to. What is the most earwormy song in this movie for you guys? Oh, is that up good there? Question. Good question. Well, I mean, one of the songs was nominated for a grammy an oscar <laughs> an Ottman for an oscar yes it was in yeah. the oscars uh, blame canada like robin yeah. williams sang it yep. with the in the ceremony with a big flag with a buster over the canadian maple leaf and everything and and that was that happened on television which is uh, pretty cr pretty crazy to think about i think uh overall um i do think that they picked that song because it was the only song they could do um, out of everything. And I think, yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's the song that was really nominated for the Oscar, but that's, that's what I said. I said that in the intro, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. But I think the, 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 the Satan song, probably my favorite up there. <laughs> okay. All right. Up there. Yeah. John, what about you? Oh, uh, it, La Resistance. I mean, by, by, oh, right, by, yeah, yeah. by, a, by, a, by a country mile. Like that, that, yes. song is that song's incredible. It is a direct takeoff of, uh, I think, One Day More from, from Les Miserables, right? Um, where it's like a medley of all the songs from the movie. And then there's this, you know, sort of rapturous battle anthem and everything else. Like it's, that, that song's goddamn remarkable. Um, I love Up There, but 
again, it's it's that that it's too much of a direct parody of um, of uh, the Little Mermaid song. And La Resistance is not a direct parody of. No, but it, yeah, Mermaid yeah, Mermaid but, but La Resistance yeah. requires so much so much more <laughs> effort than 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 that does. Um, I love Mountain Town. I think Mountain Town's fantastic as well. Uh, it's a great way to great way to start the movie. And I think the one for me that just doesn't hold up is Uncle Fucker. And and I just I don't know if I the think you're wrong. Are... Okay, think you're all wrong. right, Joey, take it away. I mean, I love that, but I also love Kyle's mom's a bitch. I also love oh, what God, Brian yeah. Boitano do. Like, there's yeah. so many songs that I feel like I've never heard any song like that. And maybe that's because <laughs> I don't watch South Park. But I just, man, I. I, yeah, it just it's so weird and dumb and good. And like, I understand that maybe they don't hold up, but like Uncle Fucker is good. Like, I think it's an undeniable classic. Like, that's a bop, as the kids would say. Yeah, I liked it. I just wanted to say that the 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 music is great. Like, it's, it is. The music is Incredible. so much better than it sh- it should have been than it needed to be. <laughs> like, it, like there's no reason for the for the music to be as good as it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then, Joey, to your point, like, uh, uh, whether it was typical in the show, like it wasn't. This was out of the blue. Like the 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 music and the quality of the music was just like a blindside for no reason in in this in in the whole movie. And I remember thinking that at the time, and that's why I had like I I bought a CD and and listened to that a whole bunch. Um, but yeah, like I liked all the songs a lot, and I thought they all had held up pretty much. Um, well, all but one <laughs> held up very well. Did do, do these songs like? Do you ever, I guess you guys haven't watched this movie in a while or whatever, but like, do you ever get the urge in the last 25, 23 years? Still, I got to remember what year we're covering in the last 23 <laughs> years uh, to just like listen to any of these songs. Like, does one get stuck in your head out of nowhere and like you have to go listen to it or no? Like, I know that you at one point like the songs enough to buy the CD, but like are any floating around in your head in a way that you're like, uncle fucker, I got to go listen to that song. I sometimes catch myself doing the like, they may cut your dick in half and serve it to a pig. And like that whole thing, I, I in my head. Uh, and sometimes I do some of the, some mountain town in my head. I used to certainly like play this in my car and sing along with friends and like that sort of thing. This and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical uh, were, were heavy rotation for uh, musical sing-alongs in my car. But no, not in years. I, I, I haven't needed any South Park in my life in years and I've been fine without it. And it all sort of lives in my heart and uh i'm uh, i'm I'm good with that but i'm sure if like some at some random point someone put the the soundtrack in on a road trip um i would love to sing along with it um again at some point how many of the words what percentage of the song's lyrics do you think you have memorized have or like, could you sing have along or had songs? i i certainly at one point knew all the words all the songs yeah for sure okay for sure well like today like today for instance uh probably if you put on the cd i bet i could do it i don't know george what do you think if you put on the cd i could probably sing along a good chunk just having my memory yeah. jog from the thing um but like yeah I, I couldn't just rehearse it acapella out of the blue <laughs> so i i will say that the 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 surprise element of it of like oh it's a broadway musical that's weird um one of the things that they did early on to fuck with the audience was the to uncle fuck with the audience. Yeah, was the whole like who is Eric Cartman's dad arc, which is around the, I think it was before the movie. I don't. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember this at all. No. 
And I know, I know, I basically know nothing about South Park. So there was this thing where they did this episode where, like, so Cartman's dad is a mystery, and there's this episode where Cartman's like looking for oh, his I think dad. Right now, okay. yeah, and Continue, so they did, they did this thing where they ended the season on a cliffhanger of like, who is Cartman's dad? And they come back months later, and they're like. Who is Cartman's dad? And then and then and then they they cut away and instead of answering the question, it's just a like three part Terrence and Phillips special uh, <laughs> that has nothing to do with Cartman's dad whatsoever. And every like the internet fanboys were so fucking livid because they somehow really cared who Cartman's dad was. And the whole joke was like, none of this fucking matters. It doesn't matter who Cartman's dad is. This is a big prank that we're playing on you. And if you don't get it, you don't understand the humor of the show. And so I think it culled a lot of the audience. But then it also, because it was so ballsy and out of the blue, um, that that it brought a lot of people in to be like, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> that you would just like troll your own fans like this. So by the time this movie came out and it was this like Broadway musical, I think that there was this kind of culture in South Park of like, oh, this is more than just a show of satire and over the top and sort of edgy jokes like this is something that is trying to really surprise people and do things that are like where the, where the audience is kind of part of the joke and and i and i think that's one of the things i really like and admire um about the series at its best even even today because like i haven't seen the covid thing but i've heard really good things about it and it sounds to me like it's the kind of you know strength of 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 their whole kind of project that that is being put on display there wait so can you get with with that pivot in mind can you explain what you were saying earlier about not liking their like quick adaption of or adaptation of current events there was a turning point in the show in the late sort of the mid 2000s where they did an episode about climate change and at the time Parker and Stone were both climate change deniers. They they were libertarians and they they believed that climate change was like a liberal hoax, right? And they did this episode that was actually very funny um, called Man Bear Pig, uh, where Al Gore is on the, the hunt for this mythical beast called the Man Bear Pig, which is half man, half bear, half pig. And... Um, it, it, the whole thing was sort of like a joke about climate change being this like, you know, this this mythical beast that you have to you have to chase after. And they since have apologized because they, they they now are like, oh, shit, climate change is real. We, we were fucking idiots about that. And we regret having done that episode. Uh, but the episode itself was very funny and well thought out. Even, I, I thought it was hilarious, even though I was like, yeah, they're wrong about climate change, but it's it's funny. The problem with in this sort of late 2010s around the the Trump era, right? So like mid 2010s, I should say, right? Um, the problem with that era is is that sometimes they were commentating on the news, and it was very funny because they were putting out an episode literally in days um, because of the technology they used allowed them to do that. But and they made a documentary. About they did. It too, they did. Right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Six days to yeah. or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And 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 there's something great about it. But but it also I think unfortunately plays their worst instincts, which is to make a a judgment about something far too quickly, and and not really consider the 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 full on implications of it. The the movie is 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 a really clever commentary on on moral panics, and uh, it, it it still stands up because it is dealing. Not just with like the way things were in the late '90s, but also 
the way that those things are connected to other previous periods of moral panic. And what they often do now far too often is just go all in on sort of like, let's make fun of cancel culture and like PC culture and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is going to stand up though. And it like, it might, it might sort of scratch an itch for right now, but I don't think it really works. I, the last thing I'll say on this is the last, the last real sort of story arc that I watched of theirs that I thought was really great was the one, I don't know if you've seen it, but you should, it's like a three part series. Actually, I think the, the plot line kind of goes through the whole season, but 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 um, South Park gets a um, a Whole Foods, and the Whole Foods like completely upends the whole economy of South Park, and there's some really great commentary in that. So like the 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 season itself has this like theme that goes through it, and that theme is really brilliant. But there's episodes in it that are sort of like direct sort of commentary on what's happening right now and they really don't work and and it's 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 sort of like it's cringy because because i think they're saying things that they wouldn't say if they thought about it for for a few weeks so here's a so here's a question about that yeah like i think there's value maybe there's not but i see that there's value in like reacting to something in real time yeah uh with the caveat that maybe you come back to it a few weeks later or something also with the understanding that maybe this is meant to be more disposable. Like, I don't think people are watching necessarily old episodes of like the daily show or yeah. last week tonight yeah. where like, they maybe make a joke that like three weeks later is like, Ooh, maybe we shouldn't have said that. Like they might retract things when they come back, but I feel like there is value in being topical. If you are under the impression, if everyone understands that maybe this won't hold up or we're going to keep moving on. And like the only thing you should really concern yourself is like the, the most recent episode. And I'm not really trying to defend them because, like, I don't have I don't have the dog in this fight, really. You know what I mean? But like, I wonder if that's how they see it. Like, we're just doing an episode this week about how we feel about this thing now, and if we don't care about it in three, like, if we change our mind in three weeks, like, so mm. be it. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. I I think I I agree with what Joey just said, um, largely about you know, uh, but I didn't have that thought before he put it there, so. <laughs> Because, like, I think what's weird about South Park and weird in, like, an interesting way is that no other show is doing this. Yeah. Like, so many shows, animated shows especially, are drawn 18 months or two years in advance, right? Like, it takes so long, even with computers, to get something from written to on air. And this is like, hey, a thing happened on Sunday night. It's on TV on Wednesday. And, like, no one, again, is able to do that, is trying to do that, whatever, and I feel like it's getting it gets lumped in because like you can still buy these seasons on Blu-ray, right? You can still stream season one or whatever. And I don't know if it's meant to be consumed like that. But also, I understand that like in the era where like your archival library is what people are paying for, Paramount is not going to unlist episodes. So I don't know. I think it just it stands alone. I think it's what makes South Park interesting and unique and sort of special, but also problematic and troubling and maybe not necessarily as good to hold up through the years. Well, I guess, George, the reason I want to ask you this question is like you kind of you were into it and then you kind of weren't. And I wonder if there's like some like was other things going on in your life or or was there something about the humor of South Park that sort of once the movie hit you're like that's that's it for me <laughs> like this is great and I will I will move on um is there something that like never 
clicked with you or, or what is it? I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, yeah. I mean, like I got, yeah, like I didn't watch as much TV, you know, after, after uh, 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 1999 and I probably wasn't watching the whole lot up until then. Um, I'm not trying to be sophisticated. I probably turned 21 and stopped watching TV because I was going and doing that, those activities. Um, <laughs> and pretty pretty intently for the next few years and so i didn't watch a lot of tv that's part of it but also i mean uh, i think it peaked with this movie i think like uh one of the big things i think that 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 works about this movie um is that it was such a a product of that perfect moment like uh like it's very much just a criticism of uh or just a a capture of just the the life of uh of the latchkey kids that 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 we kind of were growing up like uh kids wa- that grew up watching like it's it's hard to unpair it with the simpsons because i feel like it's almost a, mm-hmm. a critique of what happened then like the simpsons came on and all us kids with our unsupervised tv privileges watched a ton of simpsons and then a few months later all the parents found out from watching like you know like andy rooney on 60 minutes that there's a shocking <laughs> tv show that the kids are watching and so they all got mad about that yeah and so this big old cycle and i and so, like, this weird phenomenon of all these kids watching a TV show that wasn't supposed to be for them in the first place, that the parents just found out about them, but really the parents should have not let them watch that TV show in the first place. And so, like, South Park's, like, a pretend kids show. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretending to be a kids show, and as an audience member, you're kind of pretending like you're a kid that's sneaking it. And I think that's, like, kind of the 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 the, the premise of it. Um and I feel like this this movie just came out right at that moment when all you know when that sort of peak uh, 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 peak moment for that era of, of of kids like us and and kids that grew up just you know just yeah. watching TV nonstop and I think that was kind of the draw of it um, and then it said what it had to say and I just didn't feel like it had much to say I mean maybe like the comp the ultra hyper timely commentary probably kept it going for a little bit longer just because then it could be at least relevant but i just didn't think there was much else to say on the topic of uh of 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 what the show was created to 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 lampoon um after after the movie came out i still can't get over the fact that this came out so early in the show's run like it feels insane yeah yeah but it was so huge like it was such a phenomenon that like those two years just felt so consumed by the show and in in so many ways yeah i that one of my notes is the timing that was was just outstanding like yeah. the, <laughs> how this came out so quickly um right like right at the perfect moment like before when i was at the the the, the right moment of the wave before it curled over of of, of the trend like they knew they knew like they're on a, a weird train that was a hype train that was about to that wasn't going to last forever and uh and they just kind of nailed the timing with the release. Yeah, and I think there's like, so a couple of, I think the jokes that don't work for me, and I think this is what says everything that I think about South Park and and and, and Parker and Stone in general, is like the Jar Jar Binks joke is like, why is this here? Because... Because it's Zeitgeist. I know, but this movie yeah. came out within weeks of the Phantom Menace, and they and they based. But I'm sure Jar Jar was in the trailer. Yeah, right? and they based the joke on the trailer. They're like that that character's gonna suck, and we're just gonna make a joke about him. And I'm like, okay, but like, it doesn't 
it, it doesn't land anymore. And everything else in this movie like still lands or like 90% of it does, right? Because they they were they were sending up things that are timeless and and you know, again, like took discipline and 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 work. Like I know that like Uncle Fucker is is funny because it's called Uncle Fucker, but it's also funny because the sh- the song is really funny. Like it's really well right. put together and that's that's like them at their best, right? Well, I mean, this is the same kind of thing that we talk about a lot on Too Fast, because like in Hobbs and Shaw, there are multiple games of Game of Thrones jokes and just like, <laughs> ooh, like that already feels dated. But then you look at like a thing like Logan Lucky that makes also Game of Thrones jokes. Like, have you guys seen John? I know you've not seen Hobbs and Shaw, but have you seen Logan Lucky? And George, have you seen either of those movies? I've seen neither. Me either. <laughs> OK, so in OK, very quick. We have kids. I've only seen movies from 1999. <laughs> Logan Lucky rules. You should you should see Logan. Is Lucky. it rated G? Because if not, then no. No, it's probably PG thirteen. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. It's, I know. It's, it's basically an Ocean's Eleven. Style I, I want to see that movie, but I feel like I missed the boat it, already. It's great. Yeah. So okay, so in Hobbs and Shaw, there are jokes where it's like you know nothing, Jon Snow, and there's like just like things that are like. What? Hey, yeah. Game of Thrones is huge right now. It's just like, <laughs> but they're like obvious references. And it's just like, this already feels dated. Like even in the theater, when you're seeing it for the first time, it feels dated. But then in Logan Lucky, there is an amazing joke where there's a prison riot. And part of the demands is that they get the book six and seven for the prison library. And the warden is just like, I don't know how to tell you this, but they're not out. He's like, of course they're out. Like, we know the show ended. We know how the show ends. He's like, they're making stuff up. This the thing is like, and that's a funny joke. Yeah, because like, those books will never exist. Thing. So that's that's gonna exactly. be funny forever. Yeah. And even like six years later, like after Logan no, Lucky he, came out, like 2016, 2017, whenever it came out, it's still true. And I feel like that's the kind of thing where it's like you can make a joke about a timely thing if the joke is timeless. Right. But if you're like, Misa, talk weird, it's just like, <laughs> all right, like that's that's what you got. On, so uh, on that topic, one thing that I probably to John's point about topical humor not being the best thing, one thing I really didn't like was I, I don't think I liked any of the Saddam uh, Hussein stuff. No, no. Well, I kind of love all of okay. it. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I think because I'm too young to really actually remember him. Like, I know him. Like, I know that he was a thing. I understand that. But, like, I just think it's, like, it's so insane that it doesn't, it doesn't matter that it's Saddam Hussein. It's just, like, this is a stand-in for, like, evil in general. Yeah. And, like, isn't it fun that he's just, like, this horny gay dude? Or not even gay dude, just, like, horny guy who, like, wants to fuck. Yeah, I, I don't I didn't mind him being Saddam Hussein and being, like, a, a mockery of, like, the whatever, you know anti-american celebrity that we were promoting at the time as the 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 lex luther to to sell guns and what we do um yeah it was it was it was i i i didn't like the i don't know i didn't like the i i i didn't like the the jokes that he was about him i didn't like the (laughs) song that he sang i like it was just it it was one of those things it was just it was it was hitting them it was missing the mark a little bit like yeah. uh, when he was saying, and I wrote down with a question mark, like, like, is this movie racist? <laughs> like when he's yeah. in the middle of singing his song, like that's that that was a question mark. I don't, you know, and and uh, I'm not sure that that was the one part where I was like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think this part's working. And I think it's, I think it's okay to like to to have those thoughts i like i i think that i think that like if you look at a lot of mel mel brooks work right like i think a lot of it is like does this uh but also it's in a way where you're like i see why this was funny then 
and and that it wasn't like it had a purpose and, and a merit and we've sort of moved beyond that where like we don't need this humor anymore and i think that like that's the yeah. stuff that you can kind of forgive and there's and there's a lot of just bad like i i think south park also kind of gave rise to a lot of this kind of like alt-right comedy of today where it's like i'm funny because i'm saying what you're really thinking and it's like i'm not actually thinking that and that's not why i thought it was funny in the first place like you're just a fucking racist who can't make a good joke and so you're just like oh you know like the libs it's you know and, and like this isn't that and 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 explaining where that line is i think can be can be hard sometimes i do think that the saddam thing is funny in context because i think that it's sending up a perception of Saddam Hussein. This is before the second Iraq war, by the way, right? It's before he was like yeah. killed. By a I forgot too. Like right. this is literally, I forgot this was before. I also forgot that, um, I know it's 1999. And Clinton was works. president. Yeah. yeah. I thought Bush was, in my going into this, I thought Bush was president. That yeah. No. <laughs> well, I think that's, I think, I think, I think this is also the thing. I think that like, giving this and i know that this is the whole point of a podcast but like giving this any kind of critical thought is like overthinking it. yeah yeah i, I agree with that and definitely. i think that's <laughs> it's not bad to do that and i think that there is value in any kind of criticism but it's also like this movie is not trying to like make sense it's just trying to be funny <laughs> and like whether it's your kind of funny or not that's up for debate but i feel like it's just insane it's insane it's 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 insane i i think there is a there is a there's a there's a, a a logic to the saddam thing though which is that saddam was presented still as this like demon incarnate right which is like kind of true but also kind of absurd like the way that sort of american war media had presented saddam Hussein. i think this is kind of sending that up a little bit but then also like he was also a fucking weird ass hedonist and and there's something kind of clever about like this portrayal of Saddam Hussein, which kind of kneecaps his his sinisterness, but also like I don't know, I it, like it. It sort of made sense at the time in a way that was funny, in a way that like Saddam humor hadn't been before, because like Saddam humor in like the early nineties was like this scuds for you, and like the fucking joke in Hot Shots, like. That's what Saddam Hussein satire was. And this was satirizing the kind of over the top way that like the American military industrial complex was like Saddam Hussein's the worst thing ever. Um, so like, it's just absurd. It's absurd to be absurd. Right. And I feel like unlike the other comedies that I think we've covered for this podcast so far, where like office space is like going out of its way to be grounded and real this is like, hey, what if we did the opposite? Not that it's like responding to office space in any way, but it feels like we're doing a thing that like we haven't really done for the show yet, which I think is is interesting in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. And I still think that, again, like the, the, the best of South Park comedy works when it knows what it's talking about and these things are established. So like of the of the sort of mid-season episodes. Well, OK, you mentioned Butters, who is the greatest fictional character of all time. And like they, we can just like every episode about Butters is fantastic always. But um, of the sort of social commentary, like it works best when it is sending up Scientology, like the Scientology episodes are genius. And like, they got them sued by the church of Scientology, which is like, fuck yeah, good for you. Um, Cause fuck them. And the way that they talk about Mormonism in, in, in the all about Mormons episode, 
I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but it's it's very, very good. And it's good because it's like Mormonism is completely fucking insane. And it's obviously a grift, but at the same time, most Mormons are pretty decent people. <laughs> and like that's its thesis, right? And like that's when they're great because they're not just sort of knee-jerk reacting to what's going on in the news right now. And and I don't know. I I, I think I think they're both very smart, great comedy writers. I just, I, 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 you know, sometimes it works and, and I, I just, I lost the need. You want them to put some thought. <laughs> and they work great when they put thought to in. Think about yeah. And they're very thoughtful. And like, that's the thing is that, but, and, and it's yeah. like, but also, also we could make this base, like what amounts to like a, you know, Jimmy Kimmel live where we're just like commentarying on like the news events. And it's like, yeah, sometimes that's good. So you're, so you're. I think it's. I think it's fair to say, but just to sum it up, you're being critical of them because they can do better. Yeah, and I think this movie, as George says, like this is them at their best because they are. They are. They are. There's a couple of like George R. R. Binks jokes, and it's like oh, who cares? But but or like Bill Gates, like who gives a fuck? Um, you know, and everybody's like, oh yeah, Windows, that's terrible. Uh, but but in general, the movie is structured around very sort of like still relevant things. Right. Like we are back into the satanic panic and we're back into like, you know, moral, moral uh, uh, panics. And it still works. And 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 there's still like, you know, this whole fucking people like banning books and censorship shit that's going on right now. And it's like, oh, yeah, this movie talks about that 23 years ago and knew what it was talking about then. And uh, it's still it's still relevant. And I think I, I think it's more relevant than most other. Well, actually, no. Like, where where there's like a weirdly disproportionate amount of movies from 1999 that are still relevant in one way or another. But I feel like this is more relevant than it has any right to be. Yeah, yeah. I also was thinking about how like, you know, this is somewhere in the middle again of my list of like favorite movies for this year out of like the what have we done like 19 or so or whatever. And like, I'm realizing that we're also, or maybe not, maybe 17, but I realize that like we're kind of front loading with like the best movies, right? So like it's eventually we're going to be like, oh, this is another stinker or whatever. But yeah, I think this is another good one. I agree. And George, before uh, we start to hit the hit the home stretch here, anything else in your notes that you want to talk about before we introduce our our final uh, questions for you? I, I wrote down, so I, I made a list for cringe moments, and didn't, overall, <laughs> I like this movie a lot. Like it was very, very, very few things. Yeah. Um, I did notice when I was writing my the mo- the my favorite moments of of laughing out loud. It was like uh, when the kid falls down, it's butters at, after the Les Resistance song. Um, the Viewmaster. <laughs> what's a butt for? Yes. The giraffe yes. noises when they're when they say, "Dude, that kid's so fucked up." Um, <laughs> I think so. Based on my notes, based on the data here, uh, my favorite character is the mole. Um, oh God, far. yes, yeah. <laughs> I didn't it reminds me that, of Frenchie from The Boys. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. He's the guy who like gets shit done and like knows shit and like you're like has a mysterious past, but. Yeah, I love them all. Yeah, I, uh, almost all of his parts, I was, I was, I was laughing at. So, um, yeah, that apparently that was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> for, for, for pooping city. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm la- just you referencing the butt for joke is making me laugh right now. So, that's that's how much I enjoy that for whatever reason. And the looking through the view, the viewmaster, and he's and he's and he's and he's spying and just looking at zoo animals in the in the viewmaster. Like, just interesting, like, those, like, super, like, ju- like simple, like, 
kid-friendly jokes amongst everything happening is was 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 my was perfect. Joey, any final thoughts? No, I like this movie. I feel like I because I care less about South Park and because I came to it later and because I came to it like when we were a more woke society or whatever, my thoughts on it haven't really changed. Yeah. So I think if my final thought is that if you're afraid to watch this, don't be. Yeah. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But I think if you're like, ooh, I don't know if it's going to hold up, like go watch it. Because I think like we've said for the last who knows how long, uh, it holds up better than it has any right to. And I think it's more funny than not and more okay than not. And more relevant and more topical than, and the music is timely. Like its music is brilliant, so it's yeah. Um, go go watch it for that, George. Very tough questions for you. I spoiled it earlier. Yeah. What is your favorite movie from 1999? All right. So I mean, I did listen to a couple pod to a podcast, um, and Thank I have so a list. Much. It's up. always nice to me to listen. <laughs> but I mean, so my preparation was I opened up the IMDb for best movies of 99 yeah. and i'm looking through the list at like uh so i've got you know matrix up maybe up there being john malkovich mm-hmm. galaxy quest came, okay so maybe galaxy quest and then the last movie on this list is uh idle hands so i would idle say hands Ooh. it is definitely between galaxy quest and idle hands it's one of those two wow um I'm kidding. And John, this might have to factor <laughs> into our... Seth Green's our, performance uh, is amazing in it, but um, just kidding. Yeah. I think Idle Hands was covered by our high school summer party podcast in our network, because that's a high school movie, right, I think? Yeah. So shout out to Brian Rodriguez, past guest. Covered it in January of 2021. Oh, Wistful Thinking also covered it. It's covered, been covered twice oh my God. on this very podcast. Well, if you want to go check three out... Three will happen eventually. So Galaxy Quest mm. is your real answer? Is that what you're telling us? Sure. Out of the thirty-three movies that this list has given me, um, I, it's my my favorite of the nineteen ninety-nine top thirty-three movies on IMDb. Oh, it's the top. That's the top thirty-three on IMDb. I haven't looked at that list. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so Idle Hands is above Phantom Menace, apparently. Human Traffic, I, I've never heard of. Oh, this is a weird yeah. list. That's interesting. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't even believe all these movies came out in '99. After that. <laughs> they did, every movie came out this year. That's why we have a podcast okay. about it. Um, wait, is this the top three, 33 grossing, or just like the IMDb was like these are good? Type like, in best movies of no 1999, and this is a list. It it's, looks like it's made it's by a user, a, so it's, yeah, it's probably okay, according okay, to okay. Jay. I I don't want to read out the letters in this username. But he got good. He got a number one in Google for best movies in 1999. I guess this guy. So good yeah, for or, good for or a lady. Good job, Jay. Um, whoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, Galaxy Quest is a is a great call, by the way, and and um, that's a great movie, and that's that's we might be talking about that pretty soon. So now the maybe harder question, maybe easier question. I don't know. Do you have a favorite movie of all time? So I did prepare for this one. Um, oh, right. I knew it was listen, coming up. Harder question. Yes. Okay. So um and. But it was I. So you you you've said in an earlier podcast that you get annoying that that no one ever knows because it's too hard to decide. And I can't decide either. So I what I did is I went to Google and I typed in <laughs> what is my favorite movie, and it took me to an online quiz at a quiz expo. And so it asked me like what my favorite, you know, vacation is. What do I like to feel when I'm watching a movie? And the answer it gave me is, uh, Dumb and Dumber. So I'm, I've decided to embrace that. So my favorite movie of all time is Dumb and Dumber. That is now a, a, a core personality trait of mine. Is is I'm I'm George, whose favorite movie of all time is Dumb and Dumber. 
my uh, my family, my parents moved down to Texas to be near my sister because they love her more than they love me. And they became friends with a family who has two young kids. And they dressed up as the as Harry and Lloyd in their silver and orange suits. So I'm going to send you a picture. Great. So you guys can both look at this of kids that I don't know that you don't know, but brought joy to my heart. Because even though I don't love that movie, I like that movie. I don't love that movie. Uh, this this picture is wonderful. So I think that's a good answer. <laughs> I'll, I'll frame it because they're dressed up as uh, as as my favorite movie. Yeah. I okay. But internet quizzes aside, do you actually like that movie? I like it fine. <laughs> I've watched it a few times. I like it. Yeah, I, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to make some serious life changes in order to adopt <laughs> this as my favorite movie of all time, uh, but I'm I'm willing to put in the work to 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 uh, to help out Quiz Expo. Well, good luck to you. <laughs> I hope that works. It would be funny if the that quiz only had one possible outcome, and it's, it was always Dumb and Dumber. It's, it's my favorite movie, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Clever. Take the quiz today. The answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Um, is there a movie that you like a lot that isn't based on an internet quiz? Well, I it's just Dumb and Dumber. You know, I like the yeah. dynamic that the that the. I mean, that I'm, <laughs> it's my favorite movie of all time. There's smart jokes reasons. in there for sure, yeah. and you love those. So I do. It's funny that you like did homework and still didn't actually complete the assignment. You're like, I know this question is coming. I'm going to do work to make sure I have an answer. <laughs> George, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, it's definitely interesting, and I appreciate that. I did enough to to I did exactly what was required of me is that yeah. I came up with with the answer that I needed to do this. And so all I have to do now uh, to make this assignment true is is to make sure this movie stays my favorite movie of all time, no matter what the circumstances. Wow. Just never watch another movie. No, I can't. <laughs> Why would I? I've this is already the best movie ever. I've seen it so. What's the point of definitely of don't watch Toy Story two for no reason whatsoever? Yeah, because it might be no. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know why you're bringing that up, Joey. But um, I can tell you, I will say that Dumb and Dumber has never made me cry, but Toy Story two has. And again, I'm bringing it up for no reason whatsoever. I, I just watched <sighs> it this week, actually, with it's my kids. So, oh, really? It's yeah. So good. I watched the entire Toy Story. That was one of the questions. <laughs> this quiz was. <laughs> Do you like Toy Story two? <laughs> What's your favorite which, which Toy Story? The, no, which is the best Toy Story movie? Oh, and, okay. looked, and I said Toy Story 2, but that was Absolutely. one of the questions that led me down the path of okay. uh, accepting the reality that Dumb and Dumber is my favorite movie of all time. That's interesting. Yeah. It definitely is. And I've watched all four with my kids over the last couple of months. And uh, it is definitely that it's still. But they're all kind of perfect. <sighs> well, I don't know. We'll talk about it at some point in the indeterminate future. Definitely not in two weeks. <laughs> So, George, you, again, are not famous, and you don't have any things that you promote. You were in a band one time, but that's 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 gone. Yeah. Um, I would promote my, my Twitter, because I always like that, but I don't think that... Uh, well, the fun that's thing not gonna is happen between the now, time we yeah. record yeah. this episode and this releases, Twitter might no longer be a thing. Yeah. It probably will not be around. I don't think so. It doesn't look like it. Looks 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 pretty bleak. Um, what's, your IC, what's your ICQ? Um, are you on Mastodon? I, I am on Mastodon, but I forgot. I, what I, it's very I hard am, to use. I forgot what server I signed up for, and I have no I way of, of. So I have no way of getting back into it. So I think I'm on something called Tusky. Be the end of that. I don't know. 
Isn't decentralization great? Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's pretend that Twitter exists. Give me a follow at George Freitag. It's a German last name, so it's hard to spell. So it's a very, very good. R-E-I-T-A-G? Yes, that's exactly right. It means Friday. It does. So just George, and then look up on Google how to say Friday in German. And then you put those words together. And that's my really easy to remember Twitter handle. I was just like, go watch the episode of Seinfeld where George leaves the has the answering machine. Uh, you know, believe it or George not, George isn't at home. Please leave, so a, leave message. a message. George's actual pinned tweet. I must be out. A ride. Pick up the phone. Where, where could, could I be? I be? <laughs> believe we it or not, not, George I'm not is not home. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> nineteen ninety five. The podcast uh, with a bunch of Seinfeld references. Uh, okay, um, go watch South Park. This has been fun. George, nice talking to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, George. Well, thanks for having me. A lot of fun. Our pleasure. Joey, as always, thank you so much. Look out for frogs and Jesse's And we will see you in two weeks. You see the distant flames, they bellow in the night. You fight in all our names for what we know is right. And when you all get shot and cannot carry on, though you die, la resistance lives on. You may be burned to death or skinned alive or worse But when they torture you, you will not feel the need to run for Though you die, love is response, it's on Wait!